Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown to Greensburg. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future in Decatur County. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. The Hammer and Nigel Show. My name is Nigel. Tony Kennett from the Daily Signal filling in for Jason Hammer. He's got a special guest on the DriveHubler.com hotline. Absolutely. So Joel is with us today from the Heritage Foundation. There's a lot of shenanigans going on, Nigel, regarding uh, ESG, uh, the um, environmental social governance. Oh, boy, those people. All these limiting, making sure that you're not driving any gasoline vehicles and that you're not burning any coal and that your state is super duper green. And who cares uh, who gets hurt? And then there's certain companies that have like ESG ratings. Oh, yeah, yeah. How compliant you are, you know, how, how green the signs on the side of your buildings are, you know, I guess, you know, photosynthesis <laughs> and all that stuff. Well, Joel's with us today because uh, the Indy Star released an article talking about how the Indiana General Assembly is uh, starting to show a little concern about uh, the national green movement sticking its hands into our state. And uh, Joel Griffith is over with us from the Heritage Foundation. How you doing, Joel? Hey, I'm doing all right. Thanks for having me today. So uh, give some of us uh, who maybe aren't environmental and finance experts an idea of uh, what ESG is all about. Well, here's the deal. Uh, Those uh, folks on the left that want to take us off of our abundant, affordable fossil fuels and want to ban us from driving automobiles, they know that they can't just pass legislation that would do that. There'd be an uproar. So what they've been doing is working through international bodies, working through investment houses, working through banks, And they're um, attempting to deprive these companies, such as fossil fuel companies, um, gasoline vehicle manufacturers, anyone that relies on the abundant coal and oil and natural gas resources that we have to manufacture the things that that we enjoy or to manufacture the energy that we need. They're trying to get banks and other investment firms to stop lending and stop investing in those fossil fuel companies. And what you have, you have situations like you have in Indiana and many other conservative states where you've got state dollars that are going to companies that are actually either boycotting fossil fuel companies or going to investment firms such as BlackRock that manage trillions of dollars going to these investment firms that are trying to push these energy companies away from the affordable fuel uh, resources that we all rely upon. So if that stuff's going on, what kind of an impact is that going to have on uh, the average guy? Obviously, that makes energy energy bills more expensive, makes those things limited. But we've also got a pretty major uh, manufacturing industry in the state, specifically auto manufacturing. I, I believe the last report that I saw saw that ESG policies are a serious threat to a lot of blue-collar auto manufacturing jobs. Yeah, these ESG policies um, end up having a big impact in the companies that need the capital. You'll see companies have to pay higher in terms of interest rates to receive capital to actually develop. And in cases uh, of a lot of the manufacturing, you'll end up seeing a lot of manufacturing factories actually go out of business. And that's because electricity is a primary component of the manufacturing process. Industrial electricity prices, for instance, in some states like Michigan, have averaged up to two or even three times 
as pricey as other states in the country. And when you have an electricity prices increase by that much, well, that causes factories to have to shut down and sometimes not just relocate from one place in the country to another place, but at times you see those factories shut down altogether. And by the way, Joel, if, if, if the electricity prices are increasing, how am I supposed to save all this money on my uh, brand new electric vehicle that costs $80,000? (laughs) <laughs> no, that's right. Well, you'll see the government, of course, try to offer subsidies for you to purchase that. Of course, all that does is obscure the cost because we know yeah. that money comes from somewhere. And, of course, during the last two years, you realize that there is no such thing as free money. What right. the government might give you in terms of a subsidy or a check, you're going to pay for either by taxes or by inflation. Well, they keep saying that you're you're doing things for the planet by introducing, quote, low-carbon alternatives in that smooth, sultry, greasy salesman voice to meat and dairy. They're undermining our agricultural industries by, like, leaps and bounds. Uh, a lot of farmers that I know in eastern central Indiana are really frustrated uh, that uh, they're being pressured into using electric farm vehicles and targeting their fertilizer use. Didn't this just cause, like, revolts in the Netherlands? I know exactly right. Uh, they very clearly, these, these supranational organizations, the investment firms, they're trying to force farmers to, to uh, transition to lower carbon alternatives and meat and dairy products. And that drives up prices not just for the farmers, or in some cases actually completely puts them out of business, but of course that results in higher prices for the end user as well. But look, that is the end goal of those on the radical left. Yeah. They know that most of us, look, there's some great vegans out there, but most of us enjoy our chicken and our beef. And thankfully in our country, the middle class, we were able up until recently to get a nice filet mignon at Costco for $10. Well, they know that if they drive up the cost on those meat sources, we are going to consume less meat. Look, if prices on beef double, we probably will end up eating, um, I would say, a lot more oatmeal and peanuts. So that's not things that most of us want to do. But if you're on the radical left, they view beef as uh, beef consumption as an assault on the planet because beef emit, emit methane, and they view that as a pollutant. So it's all out there right in the clear. They want to push these farms to transition to alternative energy sources because they know that's going to drive up the cost and it's going to force us as consumers to consume less of the so-called carbon-intensive food products. So, Joel and Nigel, when, when I was in college uh, and I was taking some of my ecology classes, we actually used to laugh about how methane, and, and that's that's cow gas, cow flatulence, sure, is cow one, of, yeah, yeah. one of the number one causes of uh, carbon emissions in, in the world. And uh, we used to laugh about that because, you know, what are you going to do about cow gas? That's just one of the, you know, it's just one of the facts of life. And yet here is an entire <laughs> movement funded by billionaires who think they're better than you that is going against cows and chickens. Nigel, did you know that cows and chickens are environmentally unfriendly? <laughs> Not only that, I, I remember when AOC put out, you know, the Green New Deal or whatever her thing was, and Nancy Pelosi even ro- rolled her eyes, oh, the Green Dream or whatever, and, you know, talked about cow farts and how people should eat less meat. And the very next day, and I just, this illustrates the total hypocrisy here, the very next day she was pictured with her team members and one of her assistants was shoving a big burger down his throat. Um, and people that are pushing this are the same ones that are sailing in their yachts and flying on their private jets. Well, right. look, those um, those folks that are pushing these radical environmental policies, many of them are incredibly successful, incredibly wealthy, and don't expect them to give up their private no. yachts and their private jets and their big homes. And look at Al Gore, 
the one who's been one of the biggest climate change alarmists over the last 30 years. He lives in an enormous mansion, a sprawling estate where you could have probably house 50 families at once, and that's just to himself and to whomever he's actually married to right now. But look, those folks, these elites that are that are working through these supranational organizations to reduce our carbon emissions and jack up our energy costs and our food costs, they view themselves as the planners of the destiny of mankind. And look, if it's only those 1% or that one-tenth of 1% that are using these carbon-intensive products, they view that as not really having an impact on the planet. We are the problems. We, the middle class, we are the problems on the planet in their eyes. And if they can make air travel more expensive for us and food costs, meat costs more expensive for us and reliance on gasoline-powered vehicles, if they can push us away from that, they really do believe that they can acquire not just power, but in their minds, they think they're going to save the planet. And it's why it's so important for us to push back. And in states like Indiana, especially in other conservative states, there's an opportunity to start pushing against this nonsense now. It's the right thing to do, and it's also going to benefit all of us who aren't in the top tenth of 1%. It's going to benefit uh, us as well economically. And here in and here in Indiana, we're actually uh, looking at HB 1008 on the floor of the House, uh, which would be limiting uh, how much uh, ESG-related policy would be able to affect Hoosiers, would be able to actually affect uh, the state. It's possibly receiving a vote in the House Financial Institutions Committee this Thursday. Uh, Joel, what are we looking at for this bill? Do we do we think its chances are pretty good? I know that there have been some uh, some rumors that it's going to struggle a little more in the Senate. Yeah, well, HB uh, 1008 does two primary things. Um, One, um, it addresses the situation where you've got billions of dollars worth of public pension dollars in Indiana, dollars that that all of your listeners um, contribute to. Oftentimes, those funds are actually managed by investment firms like BlackRock that are actually pushing forward this ESG radical agenda. And the legislation would say simply that, look, if you're going to be invest, if you're going to be managing taxpayer dollars in these Indiana pension funds, then you have to commit to to not boycotting these uh, fossil fuel companies. That you have to commit that you are not going to be focused on advancing this social agenda, rather than maximizing shareholder potential. That's one thing that it does. And the second of all, that uh, HB one zero zero eight says that if the, the, the state is considering entering into a contract with the company, then that company needs to assure the state that they are also will not be engaged in these types of boycotts of these essential industries to Hoosiers. Joel Griffith, Heritage Foundation here on the Hammer and Nigel Show. Tony Kennett filling in for Hammer. Just one more thing before we let you go. Big picture, Joel. It just frustrates me that you know, only a few years ago we were the number one energy exporter in the world. We were energy independent. And from day one, Joe Biden and his administration have made it their mission to destroy all that. Got rid of the pipelines, got rid of the oil, offshore oil drilling and the leases. It's just, it's incredibly frustrating when you think about where we were just a few years ago in this country. Yeah, well, we are not producing at our full capacity, and that's um, even though we are now, um, we are basically producing what we are consuming in terms of energy. We could be doing far more. Yeah. The problem is, you've got those on the left that are specifically promising that they want to bankrupt these industries, or at least drive them out of business over the next ten to thirty years. 
And I know 10 to 30 years sounds like a long time for us, but if you're one of these companies and you're looking to build pipelines or invest in engineers or build refineries or ships to actually ship up um, uh, you know, liquefied national, natural gas, those investments pay off over 10 to 30 years. If you're going to put in $5 billion in a refinery, you have to be reasonably sure you're going to be able to actually operate that. So what the Biden administration is doing right now by promising that over the next few decades they're going to transition us to a zero-carbon economy, that is sending a signal to these companies that it's not a wise idea to be investing resources right now in new productive capacity. So we are going to start feeling the impact of that. We're already feeling the impact now because the regulations are so high. It's one, one of the reasons why in Massachusetts, for instance, you're paying about triple for natural gas compared wow. to places like western Pennsylvania and Ohio. So we're already seeing the impact. But you're going to be seeing the impact for decades going forward because the Biden administration, just by signaling that they want to drive these companies out of business, it is scaring companies away from making those needed investments. Absolutely. Joel, thank you so much for doing the research to make sure that this stuff gets out there so that the uh, common American can be aware of the kind of things that are coming for not just the economy, but their pockets and their homes directly. Uh, Joel, where can uh, we keep up with your work? Um, go to heritage.org, and on this important issue, you can just key in a ESG, and if you're listening in Indiana, ESG in Indiana, and it'll actually pop up um, all the information that could be helpful to you and to help uh, your listeners get involved um, with this. Absolutely. Joel Griffith, thank you thanks, very Joel. much for hopping on. Right, thanks for having me. We'll be right back. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.